the tax man cometh. Hello out there in podcast world. This is Renew Gurus, your source for all things renewable energy and energy efficiency policy in Missouri and beyond. I'm Executive Director James Owen, coming to you live on tape from the Renew Missouri studios here in Columbia. Uh, With me, as always, our trusty producer, Danielle Wilson. Danielle, say hello to the fine folks. Hello, fine folks. Ah, that's a good one. (laughs) I'm out there looking at the uh, outside the the window of our studio, Danielle. It's snowy. Mm -hmm. I can't even see the homeless camp that is behind our office, but because of the snow. It's been covered. It's been covered. I hope everyone out there is okay. Uh, but one of the reasons I don't have a guest this week <laughs> is because the uh, the weather in mid-Missouri has been bad. Uh, we got about, what did we get, five, six inches yesterday? I don't really know. I don't know either, but it was enough to cancel the legislative session for Wednesday and today. Now, I think they might have had other reasons to uh, cancel uh, yesterday, because the uh, Kansas City Chiefs mm-hmm. might have heard won the Super Bowl. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, we're still trying to get that confirmed. Sorry. I know I, I don't want anyone to get upset at me because I know some people think I don't prep enough before this and I sound like I don't know what I'm doing. I know the Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs won the Super Bowl. But they had a parade on Wednesday. And so I, several lawmakers and policymakers, including some we had been talking to about being on the show this week, stayed in Kansas City. We hope they're recovering. <laughs> I don't know what they did to uh, to celebrate, but I think they're excited. They're excited. It's 50 years since the Chiefs won a Super Bowl, so we're excited for them. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. In Missouri, not in Kansas. The great state. The great state of Missouri. I know there was some confusion <laughs> on our president's part about where the Kansas City Chiefs uh, are located, but it is in Missouri. And that's all we're going to say about that. So one of the things that got canceled yesterday, because I know you've probably gotten some emails from us about House Bill 1914. There was supposed to be a hearing uh, before the Ways and Means Committee uh, in the House on that bill. And that was going to be at 8 a.m. yesterday, and it got canceled. Um, we don't know when it's going to be scheduled again. We don't, we're, we're hoping it doesn't get scheduled at all. And I mean, that's what we want to talk about today. House Bill 1914. That is, that is a piece of legislation. Okay, let's, let's just, let's get into this a little bit. Okay, so the reason why we have been concerned about this is because people in the solar industry have expressed concerns about this. Now, with any bill, I mean, I think some people think that bills kind of just come out of nowhere, that it's a pet project of a, of a lawmaker or something like that. But this bill kind of has a little bit of a history. And, and that history is, and I'm going to get really far in the weeds here, but I got like 35 minutes to fill by myself. I don't have any dumb questions to ask anybody, so I got to like dig into this. Okay, so you live in a house or you have a car or you have some piece of property. And generally in Missouri, you are subject to a personal property tax or a real estate property tax for that piece of property. It is one of the ways that uh, we assess, um, you know, revenue in the state. It is largely, uh, it is uh, garnered to the uh, to county offices. You have county assessors in every county in the state of Missouri, plus St. Louis City. Uh, they assess how much the property is worth, and then based on that assessment, you pay a tax to the collector, 
And that's how that works. And that goes to schools, ambulance districts, fire districts, etc. So we all are aware of how the assessors work. <laughs> so one of so there is a there is a statute out there. Oh boy, now this is where I'm going to get in trouble. Um, <laughs> there is, okay, so I'm gonna look this up. Um, there is an exemption for property taxes on on uh, on solar equipment. Um, it is specifically called, I'm gonna look it up here, hold on. Okay, um, yes, okay, in Missouri, solar energy systems not held for resale are exempt from state, local, and county property taxes as enacted, um, by, I think, hold on, let me look it up here. Actually, I'm gonna look it up on renewmo.org because we have it on here. Let's hope that we've got, okay, it's 137,100. Uh, that is where that is exempted. So there's really no definition of what a solar energy system is in the statute. That, uh, so, but that's largely been meant to say that um, unless you are selling your solar, uh, equipment like I mean if you have like it is inventory like you have your panels and anything else that it is it is specifically the solar panels are not to be calculated into your property value now you still have to pay like if say you have a uh, a solar panel on your roof you have a system on the roof of your house or your business or you own a piece of property where you have a large-scale solar array I mean you still have to pay property taxes on your house you still have to pay property taxes on the business for your building. You still have to pay uh, property taxes on the land where your solar array is. You just don't have to pay property taxes on uh, that um, on, on 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 the solar equipment. Now there have been some uh, court cases, not court cases. Excuse me. Okay, so. Here's another situation. Um, let's say you're not happy with how something of your property has been assessed or the assessors, you know, the assessors have done something that you don't agree with as a property owner, you have a right to challenge that. And um, where you challenge that typically is with the state tax commission. We have a state tax commission. Okay, well, the state tax commission is a group, I think it's four commissioners. They meet in Jefferson City uh, right now, like every other commission. They're all ex-state senators, uh, including uh, uh, someone we've worked with in the past, um, Gary Romine, Senator Gary Romine. His last day uh, in the Senate was last Thursday, um, and he uh, was someone that we worked with. I've worked, I'd worked with him almost four years the entire time I'd been working in energy policy. He's a good guy, um, real, you know, real, uh, real. Um, champion for his uh, constituents and really good on utility issues, in my opinion. Um, but he's on the state tax commission. So they get to resolve disputes about, you know, whether something's been properly assessed. Now there have been, um, and, and we've done some research on this. I'm going to give credit to uh, Lily Sweeney. I know that everyone talked about Lily on this uh, podcast. She is our law clerk here. She is a 3L at University of Missouri, Columbia. Uh, she is in her last semester at law school, and she's going to go work at uh, Neil and Newman, which is a uh, really relatively uh, large firm in Springfield. So we're very proud of her. She is very sharp. She's very sharp. We're very excited to have her working here. Um, and so there had been some cases, uh, one from St. Francis County, one from Livingston County, and one from Phelps County. So kind of all over uh, the state. Um, 
So there was a question. Okay, let's just go over the one from Farmington. Um, the assessor of St. Francis County basically said that they believe that the energy produced by a solar panel should be subject to tax. We call that an ad valorem tax. Um, and they challenged uh, a, uh, a, uh, a system ran by, I think it was by uh, Garner um, Capital, which they have a lot of uh, solar arrays around the state that was producing power for the city of Farmington, which is the state, uh, which is the county seat of St. Francis County. Um, and of course, when this was done, uh, the, the tax commission said that no, this, uh, this property, the solar equipment falls under the tax exemption under 137-100. I should also say that's paragraph 10 of section 137-100. Danielle, you're trying to go to law school, right? Mm -hmm. You're gonna learn there's all sorts of paragraphs and sections and subparagraphs and all this other stuff. It's just, it's a real mess. Okay. Thanks for the help. All right. (laughs) Um, And so that was the decision there made uh, with the the Farmington um, uh, location. Then with Chillicothe, uh, same company, uh, there, the city of Chillicothe had a 25-year purchase agreement uh, with uh, MCP Chillicothe for the purchase of solar energy. Um, the assessor denied the MCP Chillicothe's requested tax exemption uh, because it sells energy it produces. Um, the holding was the property was properly held exempt um, from the ad valorem tax, and they added uh, that the assessor tried to argue that not held for resale referred to energy produced, not the system itself. The state tax commission uh, held that it would provide nonsensical results and would work to invalidate the exemption since all systems that generate power have the possibility of selling power back to the grid, which would result in no system being allowed to qualify for the exemption. So um, to make sure we understand, ad valorem tax is basically something you, you tax gas, oil, that sort of thing. So I mean, basically the assessors are trying to argue here in both of those cases that, um, that you should be ta- you should be judging the value of a solar system based on how much solar energy it's producing. Now, I had a supporter when we we sent an email about this, and I talked to him on the phone. I, I'm not going to say his name because he doesn't give me permission to do this, but he asked me if this would be analogous to like charging a tax uh, to a farmer on their equipment based on how much crops sold. And I think it's actually a pretty good analogy because you don't do that. That would be, uh, how did the state tax commission put it? Nonsensical. <laughs> I mean, how? Are, I mean, like that would just be an insane amount of tax. I mean, to try to value something like that, that's just, it doesn't make any sense. Maybe if he lets me uh, quote him, I'll, I'll do that in the email. Or maybe not. I mean, it was a good point. Um, so anyway, so then there's the third one that is, uh, the Phelps County one. Again, this is whether the property in question is a solar energy system not held for resale and therefore was property held exempt from ad valorem taxation. Uh, the, yeah, I mean, so basically, um, basically that came to the same conclusion, but they added something else. And this is where, okay. So I said something about how held for resale was not defined by the statutes or solar energy system held for resale was not defined by the statutes, even though like, it's my understanding that it is, you know, it is considered like the equipment that you're trying to sell. And that's where I get this. They said that defined, 
All right, so the State Tax Commission in the Phelps County case defined held for resale as equating to inventory. The energy produced by the system is similar to inventory in that it is produced for the purpose of reselling to a customer, whereas the solar energy system was created for long-term use. The option uh, for the city of Rolla to purchase the system can only be initiated by the city, not the owner of the system, so the property is not being held out for resale. So I don't know if that makes sense the way that's described, but basically it's if the equipment is held for resale, uh, not the energy. Okay, that's what the state tax commission has said. So <laughs> now county assessors are under, to their credit, a lot of political pressure to raise money for school districts, for ambulance districts, for fire districts, for their county. I mean, they get a lot of pressure from that. I get it. They're elected officials in most places. Uh, I think in some places, I think um, in St. Louis City, they're not. But and there's actually a bill out there right now to require all assessors to be elected. In most counties, in most of the state, they're elected. So there's a political pressure there. Even when you're not elected, there's a political pressure there. You're, you know, a county official. You deal with people who are trying to make their budget. And let's be honest, right now, in especially rural areas of Missouri, the budgets are a little tight. Uh, schools are, you know, going to four-day uh, weeks. Um, there's, there's a challenge there. So the assessors are under pressure to find more money. So they've come up with these creative solutions to do this. And now in these three instances where they've taken on the same <clears throat> solar company, they've lost. They're 0 for 3 with the state tax commission. So what happens when you lose? Well, you try to rewrite the rules. <laughs> and, and so the, the county assessors have done precisely that. They have... They are, from our understanding, the, the forces behind uh, House Bill 1914. It was introduced by Representative Jeff Porter. Uh, he is a state rep from Montgomery City, which is just uh, due east of, of here, uh, kind of just a little north of I-70. Uh, Representative Porter, we don't know. Um, I, I have no doubt to believe he's not a bad guy, so we're not like personally opposing him, but we do have a big problem with this bill. Now, this bill does not um, tax, this does not create a, um, this does not create a tax on the energy produced here. What this does, however, is it does, this bill would remove the um, tax uh, exemption for uh, solar equipment, and it would replace it with a uh, with kind of a depreciation schedule on the um, on the property. Now, um, I'm not an expert on the value of solar. I I'll confess I don't know how all of that works. Uh, but when you look at it, when you go and you can find this bill online. Um, okay, so it removes this, the exemption for solar energy systems, and it says uh, that uh, any personal property associated with a project the use of solar generate electricity shall follow a depreciation schedule uh, that goes from year one, 70% to year 11 at 35%. Now, um, I have been told that this, if you're a residential homeowner, uh, this can add about two to three years to your payback period. I believe that's what some people said the other day. And uh, for large scale systems, this would add about 20 or 30% of added expense to um, their to to their uh, to the production of the solar 
which in of itself would pretty much run anyone trying to make money out of this, out of, uh, trying to run this as a business, they would be they couldn't make any money doing this. And so when you're you know running a business, you gotta make money. So <laughs> so we don't like that now. We think that this is here's here's the big problem we have with this. Okay, so like let's say you've had a solar panel, solar panels in your house for like five years. Way this is read, if you read it this, if you read it a certain way, and I mean, of course, maybe you can say I'm reading it uh, as really negative, but I mean, this starts year one would be when the taxes start, so this wouldn't start on year five of your system, Danielle. This would start from the beginning, so you're going to be taxed for a solar system that isn't even really worth that, but that's just when the statute happens to start. So this is gonna be a shock to you. So, there's a lot of reasons not to like this. <laughs> okay, so that is, um, so that's House Bill 1914. You can look it up. Uh, we have, uh, I think we've sent out a fair number of emails about this. We sent out, I think it was in Renews last week, and then we were trying to get people, uh, this, Okay, so after we, I think after I wrote Renews, I can't remember when I did that last week, but um, we found out that the Ways and Means Committee was going to meet Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. So I sent out a uh, special alert uh, trying to urge people to come to the Ways and Means Committee meeting at 8 a.m. to not necessarily testify against this bill, but to be there. Because I'll, I'll tell you one thing that does matter to lawmakers is when they, they look out in their hearing rooms and they see a full room, and they see people are upset about something. And I'll tell you, in a lot of cases, that works. Sometimes lawmakers have got their minds made up and they're not gonna change their mind. But on this, I mean, uh, let me just say this. Uh, I have heard that Amron is opposed to this. Like I've heard like the utility companies are opposed to this. Well, I mean, because honestly, they own solar arrays as well. They pay property taxes as well. They don't wanna pay this extra property tax. Um, so usually when I, I'm looking at an opponent of solar, that's usually who I go look to, <laughs> is the utility companies. But I, my understanding is they're opposed to this. I have not talked to them about that directly, but I am hoping I'm gonna have that conversation with someone tomorrow to see if they're gonna have someone testify against this. So we sent out this email um, talking about this concern. Now, the, the other challenge we had, Danielle, is this was going to be the day after we had uh, scheduled our, our our solar lobby day. You were there. Mm -hmm. I was there. You were there. Um, okay, so we had Missouri Solar Lobby Day. That was, we work with MOSIA, the Missouri Solar Energy Industrial Association, our allies there. Uh, we were going to have uh, people come in and they were going to go talk to their lawmakers. They were going to talk to other, like, kind of, you know, lawmakers and prominent positions and they were going to do uh, and we were going to do that and we did do that we had um, a nice little training session where we talked about how to talk to lawmakers and then we all met over at the third floor rotunda and we sent everybody off and then we learned that because it was tuesday <laughs> and the weather forecast was bad and that everyone all the kansas city reps and senators were pretty much not planning on coming in there weren't a lot of people there in in the house or senate so we met with several people. Matter of fact, I shouldn't say this about Kansas City state reps because uh, Danielle and I, with a group we were with, talked to Bill Kidd from Independence, representative from Independence, and also a big solar guy for like an hour. And usually I would not spend that much time with a lawmaker, but we're trying to get him to sponsor a bill and he's really good on this stuff. And so we had a really engaged, positive conversation with him. We love Bill Kidd. 
Uh, he was on the podcast uh, last session. Uh, if we follow this one bill, we might have him on again, but we're still in the process of trying to figure that out. So, um, so we met, and then we kind of had to leave early. I was a little worried about um, about the weather. A lot of other of our solar friends were too, so they left early. So by about two thirty, <laughs> there wasn't really very many people there. And uh, and then we found out, or I found out, like a couple hours later, Mary Shield, the director of uh, Mosia, called me and said that the Ways and Means Committee had been uh, canceled the next day. So then we had to send another uh, email to everybody saying it had been canceled and that we also needed money because I had not spent any time raising money this week because I'd been working on this. Um, so if you didn't give us money as a result of that email, think about doing it now. <laughs> I don't know if I said in there that like February is going to be a rough month for us, but like February is like a rough month for us because uh, we have what you're laughing like. Are, am I not supposed to be telling people this? Oh no, it was just the way you said it was funny. Oh, I'm a funny guy. Yeah, what do you What do you mean? Like I'm a clown to you? <laughs> you probably have never seen that movie. Sorry. Um, Goodfellas. No. No, you're not a guy. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> So, I mean, we have, like, these grant cycles we're on, uh, and that's where we get a lot of our money. Uh, we can't use any of that money for lobbying, by the way. That's a big no-no. As a matter of fact, we have to say something saying we don't do that. So, uh, like, it seems like right before we have all these, like, uh, grant periods end, like, in our grant period ends on February 28th, we always kind of, like, tend to, like, run out of gas. And I think it's because um, we have a lot of expenses at the beginning of the year, and we have a lot of expenses anyway. We have a lot of, like, really talented people working here, and so it just costs a lot of money to run this place. Plus, we have three offices now, so, you know, I say, like, James, do you, like, just run this place in the ground? I didn't run this place in the ground. It just takes more effort to do it since I started, okay? What was I talking about? <laughs> anyway, we need your money. What? What you're talking about. Oh, yeah, okay. You're just kind of looking at me like you needed me to wrap this up. No, okay. All right. So, uh, you got that email. Give us money. There was no hearing on Wednesday morning. Um, and now the House has been in a technical session uh, yesterday and today. We're, we're recording this on Thursday the 6th. Uh, I think that's when we're trying to send it out. Uh, so they've been out for the past two days. And when you ask, what's a technical session? Well, that means that some state rep there is to gavel in and gavel out, and that's all they do. There are some there are some committee meetings happening, but I, none that have really involved us. Uh, there was a bill yesterday in the Senate. The Senate didn't close yesterday. Uh, the Senate that was going to like create a task force for deregulation to look at that as a topic. We didn't. I didn't go down there because I didn't want to drive in the snow, <laughs> so I didn't do it. Sorry, I'm not sorry. Anyway, I don't even know what happened with it. I haven't seen any updates on it. We've been following that legislation and. And you probably check on it. Well, anyway, um, so there's been no house session. So technically, nothing has been set for next week as far as being on the calendar. I would not be surprised if this got set next Wednesday at 8 a.m. Because that is when the Ways and Means Committee meets. And I would imagine they're just going to take up what they missed last week. I don't know that for sure yet. Because here's the other thing I've learned. Um, because when we got this, we didn't just email all of you and pester you to come to this hearing and pester you for money. I know that feels like that's what I'm doing all the time. I promise you we're doing other stuff. We started talking to lawmakers. We found out who was on the Ways and Means Committee. And so we started talking to them. 
And that was not just us, that was people in the solar industry. And, um, uh, you know, I learned that uh, Speaker Har talked to some people, Speaker, Speaker Elijah Har talked to some people in the solar community about this and said he understood their concerns. Uh, Rob, Visco, uh, Rob Viscovo, excuse me, he's on the Ways and Means Committee. He's also the floor leader. Um, we've had several people talk to him. He is a hard no on this. Um, and that's important not just because he's on this committee, but he's also the floor leader, which means he has a lot of authority as to um, what goes on the floor or not. Um, but he sees this as an increase in taxes. And as a conservative Republican, conservative Republicans don't like increases in taxes. I mean, that's a, that's not a controversial statement. That's what they believe. And so I got a sense, as well as having some other conversations with other people on the Ways and Means Committee, that this was probably not going to go very far. <clears throat> um, now, that's not to say it's not important still, um, because I don't know what changes. We don't know what happens. I can tell you right now, uh, yeah, because I mean, people like can get like if they have a piece of legislation they like, they'll work at a deal that if you get this to move, we'll vote for this or we'll like have this in another hearing. It's horse trading. I know some people find it distasteful, but that's just and this is how legislature works. It's how people work. You try to like you want something done. Somebody doesn't want to do it. You try to like entice them to do it. Right. I mean, that's I don't think that's bad, but. It creates uncertainty into, you know, if someone tells us this week we're opposed to this, we don't know that's going to be the case the next week. And they can also rewrite these things. And um, I'm going to get into this a little bit in a minute. Um, <clears throat> it, so it could be rewritten and changed, and it might be something that's favorable for some of the other committee members, but might not still be something we like. Or might not be something that the solar industry likes. Or it might not be something that solar customers like. So... Um, so we have to be aware of that and conscious of it. Now, you might ask yourself, well, James, when will we know if it's going to be heard by the Ways and Means Committee on Wednesday at 8 a.m.? Well, that's a good question because actually under uh, House rules, you only have to give 24 days notice. 24, <laughs> strike that, 24 hours notice. 24 days notice would be <laughs> really good and probably impossible to uh, work on. Um so uh, we might not know until Tuesday at 8. So if we find out that it's going to be heard, we're probably going to send out another email. Now, the other problem with Tuesday, at, uh, another problem with Wednesday at 8, Danielle Wilson, it's a state holiday. It's uh, Lincoln's birthday. Now, we always have the office closed on state holidays because the Public Service Commission is like kind of where we do a lot of our work. If they're not open, well, I mean, we don't see any point in being open. But the legislature doesn't follow that stuff. So it's very likely that um, there will be uh, hearings on Wednesday morning, even though it's a state holiday. So for all the lawmakers out there, sorry, you got to work on a state holiday. But you also only work part time. So that's kind of the reason that they do it like that. So, we'll see. I don't know yet. I mean, like I said, they might not. I mean, I think now that, let me just tell you this. I think right now this has been brought to enough Republicans' attention. Um, because I don't think it was a priority for any, like, particular, like, big interest group. And when I say big interest group, I mean, you know, kind of politically powerful, like the Farm Bureau or the Rural Electric Cooperatives or the Utilities. 
I don't. I mean, like the county assessors. Yeah, there there's one in every county, and they're and they're and you know they're usually people who have the ear of a state rep, but they're not like they don't have a big lobby in Jefferson City. But I know that this state rep probably wanted to do this for county assessors. He did it. I don't think anybody was really looking at it or thinking at it, about it. But now I think that it's been brought to the attention of some of the leadership in the house. I'm hoping something gets done with it. I mean, I, I think that there's a possibility now that people know what it is that it might have some brakes pumped on it. I don't know that yet. Uh, like I said, that is something that we'll have to wait and see. We haven't heard. So the plan is I'm going to be prepared to go down and testify against this. Again, uh, we, we did some prep work on this uh, last week. Um, I asked all of you to send uh, letters. Um, I got those letters. We appreciate getting those letters. I will be submitting those um, when I testify. And so if you are listening to this and you didn't get a chance to write something and you want to write something about it, I would encourage you, send it to james at renewmo.org. That's my email address, and I'll get it to uh, the state reps if you can't be there. We'd love for you to be there, but I can't guarantee you there's going to be hearing that day. They just haven't scheduled it yet. Um, and so I, I don't think they're going to schedule it this week. I think the soonest they could schedule it is Monday night because they don't come into session until Monday afternoon at 4 o'clock. Get this, Danielle. The sessions during uh, the, the legislative year, which go from like the first Tuesday of January, unless like it's unless it's like, no, it's the first Tuesday of January, unless it's on New Year's Day or New Year's, yeah, New Year's Day. And then it's like the next Tuesday and then it goes to like mid-May. So it's like five and a half months. And they only they come in at Monday at four o'clock for their caucus meetings. And they leave by like Thursday at noon. Quite a schedule. And this week, they get in at four o'clock on Monday and they're gone by Tuesday night, if not sooner. So, um, and I, I would also say it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, there's a lot of bills that we don't like and that we want to see uh, killed. So like the less they're there... Uh, the better. <laughs> Sometimes that's, that works in our favor. So, um, we'll let you know. We'll keep you updated. But that's kind of where we're at with that. And, and one of the things I was talking about, like how they might change the language on this and why that might be important. Uh, we have heard that there is a constitutional issue that might be arising and the fact that the Constitution says that only the state constitution can exempt property from taxes. That's an article, that's article 6, uh, section 2. I think I just did some research on that yesterday, folks. I'm a lawyer, so I can do that stuff. But, I mean, you could probably look at the Missouri Constitution and find that as well. And there is an article, uh, article 6, section 10, lists off what the Constitution says can't be taxed. Church, church property, government property, stuff like that. This isn't in there. That's in... Um, statutes only so some people could make the argument that that is uh, a constitutional problem and that could result in a lawsuit that could make um, the statute nullified basically so there's some talk about trying to fix this to either where it's added to a constitutional amendment to exempt it which would be great or like they're going to try to limit how much it can be taxed with maybe an exemption for residential solar we'll see I'm not driving those tonks. I've just heard that. I've not been sworn to secrecy or anything. I don't talk about things that I've been sworn to secrecy here. I know a lot of things you talk about in the legislature are supposed to be like mum, but I try to share that with you, our listeners, because we just think you're swell. Danielle, have I left anything out? <laughs> I don't think so. 
talk plenty, right? <laughs> you know, one thing, Danielle, we could talk about while we're on here is um, we have a, a 5K coming up in April, do we not? We do, yes, April 26th. During Columbia's Earth Day uh, celebration, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we have, uh, if you want to be a sponsor, you can sponsor it, can't you? They can. Should we be able to send that out on our email with this? Yeah. Okay. Um, folks, I know you all want to give us money. Maybe you want something in return. So maybe you could get a sponsorship uh, for um, our Earth Day 5K. That's what we call it. Uh, we've been doing the Earth Day one since I've been here, which I think this is like our third one that I've been in charge of. Um, we've done it for several years before that. It used to be uh, Chasing the Sun. Have you heard the story about this, Danielle? I have not. Where, you know that sun outfit in my office? Oh, yes. Like Andrew or Philip on our staff would like have to wear that, and they would literally run in front of the uh, 5K runners, and it would be Chasing the Sun. Fun. Very interesting. Marketing. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do think a couple of years ago I made Philip wear the outfit anyway because I just thought like maybe kids would want to take pictures of it. But I think mainly I took pictures of it because I wanted to make fun of him. Sorry. Um, we also have an event in Springfield. Oh, gosh. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, I got to go down for that, don't I? <laughs> yes. Next Thursday, February 13th from 530 to 7. Uh, at Mother's Brewery, which is there, I don't know the exact address, but I can tell you it's on the corner of Grant and Walnut, uh, just west of downtown Springfield. Um, it was like 211 West uh, South Grant, I think. It's something like that. It's at the corner of Walnut and Grant. So if you're a local Springfield person, you should know where that is. Um, we're going to be in the tasting room. Uh, we are trying to raise money for some specific work we're doing for Greene County. We're trying to get our energy efficiency education off the ground there, and we need some funding to do that. Um, so we would love to have you there. Uh, you can RSVP at info at renewmo.org, or you can just email me at james at renewmo.org, and I'll make sure that we tell you down. We're trying to get like about 20, 25 people there, so bring your friends Bring your checkbooks. Don't write a check until after you've had a couple of drinks because we want to make sure we get that number really high. Um, <laughs> sorry. Anything you can give would be appreciated. A lot would be better. <laughs> so uh, so uh, did I leave anything else out, Danielle? Well, having said that and looking at the, uh, the old clock on the studio wall, I'm going to let you all... Uh, go. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate your support of Renew Missouri. Um, if you like what you hear, subscribe to us on iTunes, subscribe to us on Spotify, write a positive review, share this on your social media links, uh, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, we certainly do appreciate that. And um, we see you next time on the radio. 